Well, I appreciate the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. You, thank you, Jesus. And if you have your Bibles today, um, we will continue in the second lesson of our new series about thriving in Babylon. And uh, this follows a lot of Daniel. So uh, last week we talked about Daniel, and we're going to read a portion of his life right here. Daniel chapter 2, verse 13 through 16, and then we'll go to verse 25. It says, And the decree went forth that the wise men should be slain. And they sought Daniel and his fellows to be slain. Don't sound much like thriving, people trying to kill you. Then Daniel answered with counsel and wisdom to Arioch, the captain of the king's guard, which was gone forth to slay the wise men of Babylon. He answered and said to Arioch, the king's captain, Why is the decree so hasty from the king? Then Arioch made the thing known to Daniel. We'll talk about what was going on in just a moment. Then Daniel went in, desired the king that he would give him his time, give him time, and that he would show the king the interpretation. And verse 25 says, Then Arioch brought in Daniel before the king in haste, and said thus unto him, I have found a man of the captives of Judah that will make known unto the king the interpretation. So today... Uh, as we talk about thriving in Babylon, we're going to uh, talk about gifted for greatness. Gifted for greatness. And, and even though we live in a world that is hostile toward our faith in Jesus Christ, we must act in faith and operate in the gifts that God has given us. And it is possible in this world today. Amen. Let's lift our hands and pray for the message. Lord, we love you this morning. Thank you for your word. Thank you for the Holy Ghost that lives inside of us. What a great gift and a treasure today, God. Lord, let us hear the word. Let it touch us, change us, inspire us, encourage us. God, let us be mighty and do exploits in your name. We ask it today in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Give the Lord another hand for his word today. What a great God we serve. And you may be seated. Thank you for being in the house of the Lord. Thank you for being in the house of the Lord, thriving in Babylon. Last week we talked about uh, making the righteous choice, making that righteous choice and how that Daniel, even though he was a captive in another land and under another king's authority, that when they tried to uh, persuade uh, him and his fellows, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, uh, to partake of the king's food and the king's wine that uh, they would not, that they, they would not do that because they did not want to defile themselves. And, and if you remember, we talked about how small an issue that seems because, well, it's just a little food. It's just a little wine. It's not anything major. I'll still pray. I'll still, you know, be, I'm, man, I'm still a Hebrew, you know, so why would it matter just that little thing? But... It is the little things that add up. Hey, a hundred pennies makes a dollar. One penny by itself can't get much today, but keep adding them up, it turns into something. And so it's the little things often that, that do add up. But in God's eyes, it was not a little thing because God had instructed them on uh, their, they were dietary laws that they followed at that time and they would not defile themselves. And, and because that uh, God... Uh, 
had given them that, they stuck to it. And because they stuck to it, God blessed Daniel and uh, promoted Daniel in Babylon. And so Daniel uh, is in Babylon. He's captive, but he is thriving. But he is not deterring from serving God. He knows that they will be there 70 years. The prophet had already told them you would be there 70 years. But remember what God told them. said, while you're here, have kids. Plant fields, build houses, grow, increase. Uh, he said, I, I don't intend for you to diminish in this land where you are, but rather to increase. And so in a world today where we seem outnumbered, it is still possible to make the righteous choice and do the things that God has said in his word, uh, no matter how which flow the world is going with, which direction they're headed. The Bible says there is a very wide and broad path that Many are on, but there's a straight and narrow that few there be that find it. And so uh, not only are we making the right choices when we serve God, but we also, that God did not just kick us out here without any way to thrive. While number one, being obedient to him and choosing him, that's first and foremost. But after we do that, he loads us daily, the scripture says, with benefits but he also gives us gifts that we should operate in. Uh, our uh, scripture of, plan, of the plan of salvation, Acts 2.38, tells us, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. The gift of the Holy Ghost for the promises unto you and to your children, all the far off, that, that gifting's there. In that new birth, we're gifted with that, and Jesus said that you would receive power, after that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you and you will be witnesses. It is a gifting to share the gospel. It is a gifting to shine the light uh, of Jesus Christ. It is a gifting to help people in this world that don't know God to come to know God. And so uh, we, we know that. Uh, we also know that uh, Paul wrote to the church at Ephesus, Ephesians 4 and 8, that Jesus, uh, he led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. He gave gifts unto men. Uh, Paul wrote to the church in Corinth, 1 Corinthians 12 and 31, that we should covet earnestly, covet earnest, desire earnestly. Well, when I was first got in the church, uh, I remember Sister Levy Newkirk, if she quoted any scripture to me at all, it was that scripture. That She was an elder in the church, an older lady, and um, she made one of the best, she, she made just a, a Holy Ghost peanut butter cake. I'm telling you, it was so good. And But she was a sweetheart, and God had showed her so many things that she encouraged. This, this um, precious elder saint encouraged me so much. Uh, I would go and sit in her living room for hours and listen to her tell stories of what God had done and things she had seen. And, man, it just built my faith up. But she would say, Brother Ed, covet the best gifts. Covet the best, you know, just all that all the time. And so uh, there are things there that we should seek out for. Where, and recognizing where you are may help you start praying for that best gift. What would work best in my life? What would work best in the environment I'm in, for the school I'm at, for the job I'm on, what, or for the church I'm in and that I serve in? What is the best gift for me? Uh, he reiterates this, 1 Corinthians 14 and one, when he said that we should uh, desire, 
spiritual gifts. It should be, it should be a desire. Now, when we feel the Holy Ghost, access is there, but, you know, there's access to a lot of things, but if you don't desire it, you know, somebody could, uh, you know, have access to food, but if they don't desire to eat, they won't eat. And, uh, you know, they could do that. They could uh, just starve to death with a cupboard full of food because they don't desire to eat. And so uh, we should desire, you know, we should should want to do more than just uh, uh, get chills and talk in tongues every once in a while. The Lord gave us that spirit so we could have access. He gave gifts. That's multiple gifts, and so we know that within the, the Holy Ghost, there are gifts of the Spirit. And so we should desire to have what the Holy Ghost brings to us more than just an unknown tongue. We should desire those gifts because they're giving for the edifying of the church, for the, the, to build up people and to help people in this world. And even though Daniel uh, did not have the Holy Ghost as we have it today, he still had a relationship with God. And God operated different on his prophets and on his people in that day. But the, we read it that the Holy Ghost would come on them and the Spirit of God would move on them and, and God would show them things and give them dreams and visions and, and even uh, some of his prophets' power to, to perform miracles, to do the miraculous, make, make axe heads swim in the water, things like that. You know, I mean, uh, that, that's incredible. Would you love to have that gift? All you fishermen lost my lure. Let me hang on. We'll get it. We'll just make that thing swim back to you. But it don't. That's not how it works. But, but so Daniel, we read about this that there's a, a message sent to Daniel to all these all the wise men in the land. It doesn't matter who they are, whether they're homegrown or been captive. You're gonna die because the king is upset because he has had a dream and it was so upsetting and terrible uh, that it you know, it wakes him up. But the thing is. He can't remember it. He can't remember the dream, and he doesn't know what it means, so he calls his magicians and astrologers and sorcerers and, and all these people, the, the, the Chaldeans. He calls them in there and says, I want you to tell me. Now, listen to this. Tell me what I dreamed, and then tell me what it meant. And that's one thing because people love, oh, I love to you know, look up stuff about I don't. I'm just saying people do. I love to look up stuff that it interpret in dreams. I don't ever remember anything I dreamed. I don't. I don't know if I just die when I go to sleep, but I don't. I don't remember nothing. I wake up, and what you? If somebody would say, "What'd you dream?" Nothing. You know, that's that's, what I, that's all I got. Nothing. But this king, he had dreamed something. It woke him up, shook him. Uh, but he tells his wise man, he said, "Look, you need to tell me what I dreamed, and uh, what's it mean? I got you on the payroll for a reason." And they're like, "Well." You tell us what you dreamed, and we'll give you the interpretation. And he's like, uh, you know, hey, you're supposed to be like wise men. You're supposed to be like magicians, and you're supposed to be sorcerers and all kind of things. You're, you're supposed to be able to do this kind of He's starting to see through the deception that they're not nothing but a bunch of tricksters and a bunch of false people. But And he's like, you just want time to, you, you've prepared lying and corrupt words so you can just tell me something and appease me, but I see through this, so I'm going to tell you one more time. You tell me the dream, and then I will know 
for sure that you could give me the interpretation. Now, see, if he, did, if, if he had remembered the dream, they could just make up anything and because he trusts them. But now he's seeing, mm, no, I don't think that's how it's going to work. Well, they tell him, this is impossible. You know, what you're asking, there's not a man on the earth. They're, beg- they're pleading their, call- their case now. There's not a man on earth can do this. That can tell you what you dreamed and then tell you what it meant. It just won't happen. And it's a very rare th- they say it's a very rare thing that you're requiring, king. And basically, it's not fair for you to do that because there's no other that can show it before the king except the gods, and they don't even dwell in flesh. There's nobody can do that, but there was. There was a man that could do that. But the king got so upset, so furious with them, that he said, all right, that's it. All the wise men of Babylon are going to be destroyed, including everyone that we brought in captive. We're going to take all of that. That's it. If they can't help me, I don't want to hear it. And that's the thing, is Daniel was thriving in Babylon. He wanted to know, why is this message so hasty? What's going on? So they told Daniel what was happening that the king had a dream, he can't remember it, he wants somebody to tell the dream and then give the interpretation. And Daniel knows he has a God. And he says, so buy me some time and I will do it. it it'll work. And that's where I, I want to kind of tie us in today as we're here in Babylon, is that this world that we live in today, this Babylon we live in, is that we are here to help people know our God. The king knows that there's something, I, this was not just some kind of dream because I had some, some you know, bad food. He, said, he knows that this dream was important. He knows that it was spiritual. He knows that it was supposed to tell me something, but I can't figure out what God is trying to say to me. So immediately he goes to the magicians. He goes to these spiritualist people. He's, you know, he's like, somebody tell me what it is I'm missing. Why don't I know what is trying to be told to me. And it's the same way in this world today that people, and and this is the thing, he doesn't know Daniel's God. He doesn't know the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He doesn't know uh, how mighty he is and that he is the true and living God. He does not know that. He worships all kind of gods. They got gods for everything. That's that's who he is. But but now we see uh, us, that there's a world full of people who they know that there's something they're missing. But there's people on your job, they're in your school, they're in your families, they're in your, 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 your high school reunions, they're wherever, they're wherever your friends are found. There are people who they know that something is just missing. I, 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 and I don't know what it is. I need somebody to, to tell me what it is and tell me what that means. And so God gave Daniel the ability to tell him the dream and tell him what it meant. And, and God has given us the ability to tell people, if you don't have the Lord, that's what you're missing. And if you don't know Jesus, that's what you're missing. And if you have not been born again, born of the water and born of the Spirit, that's what you're missing. That's why he has gifted us with the Holy Ghost. Not so we could walk on water, but so we could be witnesses unto him to the uttermost parts of the world. That, but friend, you don't have to travel very far to find somebody who is troubled. This king was troubled in his mind. What was that? You ever had a dream where, I mean, really, in that dream, man, it's just like, and you woke up, but you can't remember anything. 
Now, I have done that. I told you I don't never dream. But sometimes I'll wake up and I'll like, and it's like right as I'm about to, oh, I, and then it's just like it goes away. And I'm like, come back. <laughs> and, I, and I really, I, I give myself a headache trying to make it. What, what was that? Because I know it was something, and I want to remember it. And, and even in, while I'm dreaming, I'm thinking, don't forget this when you wake up. And I wake up, and this, and I'm like, why? Why can't you? And there's people like that. They, 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 they're troubled because they know, ah, they, you know, something is coming for me. Something's going to happen. That's what uh, Daniel tells the king. He said, God is showing the king uh, things about his own kingdom and what's coming for him. He, God wants you to know some things that are coming. And, and we have got that same ability today to tell people this is what's going to happen. And this is what you need to do. We see that in the scripture, uh, even with Joseph and Pharaoh. Pharaoh, uh, you know, the Pharaoh at that time, he had the dreams about the, the little uh, skinny corn and or the bad corn and the good corn, skinny cows, the big fat cows, all these things. He said, man, it's seven years of plenty and then it's seven years of famine is coming. So here's what we've got to do. And God gifted Joseph so he could help this Pharaoh, you know, survive and not just him but so his people would come and survive and grow into a nation and God has gifted us in this world today I know it seems like nobody wants to hear about Jesus nobody wants to hear the gospel somebody wants to hear now hey until this point that that king of Babylon Nebuchadnezzar he had no I don't care I ain't worried about God I ain't worried about the God of the Hebrews ain't worried about him but something's going to happen in their lives where they're going to be like, I need help that I don't know what to do and I don't know where to find it and I don't understand it. Is there anybody that knows? And we can go right here, right here. Just like Daniel said, hey, wait, don't kill us. <laughs> Just give me a moment. I can help you. And, and that's the same thing. We can help people today. Uh, they, they, but it's sad because just like... Nebuchadnezzar did. He goes to the wrong people first. Magicians, soothsayers, all these kind of things. And that, you know, that's happens today. All people go to fortune tellers, you know, psychics, all those kind of things like that. Paranormal stuff is such a big market right now. And, and they, they, they want to do seances and try to call people up from the dead and talk to them and things like that. And, and they, they're just looking anywhere they can for an answer. The people that go to those things, they're not just inherently wicked. They're just trying to find an answer. And maybe it's because nobody has told them about the Lord. That nobody has shown them Jesus. That nobody has said there is a God. Uh, and that's what Daniel said. There is a God in heaven that revealeth secrets. There's a, hey, let me tell you, there's a God in heaven. He's alive forevermore. And he, he can touch people and talk to people and work through us. God gave us gifts to reach this world. And so Nebuchadnezzar has this dream. Da- you know, he had a dream. Daniel had a vision. And then he told him, he said, look, Nebuchadnezzar, there is a God in heaven that reveals secrets, and he is making known to the king what shall be in the latter days. But you need to get all these frauds out of here. 
You get rid of these sorcerers. And, and you know, and there's scripture over that. The, the Old Testament, even in uh, Moses' day, God said, you stay away from sorcerers and, and witches and, and things like that. You stay away from that kind of stuff. Get away. Don't put that stuff away from it. And, and if God, uh, even in Revelation, in Revelation 21 and 22, you find that sorcerers find their place in the lake that burneth with fire. Why would I ever want to associate with anything that God is going to put in the lake of fire? Mm, well, uh, certainly not for entertainment's sake. No, no, sir. Uh, you know, man, I, I, I don't like that stuff. Spirits are, I know that spiritual stuff. It's real. But you give it a, just an inch. You just open yourself up a tad bit to it, buddy, and it will. It, you know what? Uh, termites and things like that don't need but just a tiny little opening. Mice, man, it's amazing. They can flatten out and go under your door. They don't need but a gap to get in. And, man, you give a spirit. Mm, and he, he's like, here I come. I'm going to get right in there. Hey, it don't take but just a little tiny prick in your skin for something poisonous to infect you. It ain't got to be no big bullet hole. Oh, it just a, I didn't even feel nothing bite me. Why was my arm swelling up and turning red? Just that. And that's what happens in the spirit world is people just, I don't just play around. I'm just going to watch this. Ooh, you better be careful about watching it and listening to it and, and, and opening yourself up trying to uh, put yourself in, in there. Ah, I'm telling you, friend, that's, uh, you'll wonder how did I get here. One step at a time is how you got there. Leave that stuff alone. Don't miss. Yes, protect your children. Praise God. We we got to be careful. You know, I used to. Oh, I used to roll my eyes and laugh at stuff like that. My, I had an aunt prayed for me. Man, she prayed for me. First woman I ever heard speak in tongues. And uh, man, I was just such a little wild, crazy teenage boy. And but I spent a lot of time at their house. And and uh, I was. Man, I was listening to, had, had a Walkman with a cassette, headphones on one day. I was listening. We was, at, we was in Florida, and she come by, and she took them things off. And put on. she said, you better be careful what you're letting in your ears. And I was like, okay, Aunt Barbara. You know, I was like, right. I'll tell you, I've been in concerts these rock shows and concerts, I went to everyone that ever came to town, man, back when the Omni was still in Atlanta. They had to tear that place down. <laughs> but I, but, but I, I, I recognized something after I first got in church when I would see people worshiping in church and praising God in church and, and dancing under the Spirit and different things happening with the Holy Ghost would move. And, and I started thinking one day, I said, I've seen very similar things in those concerts. Friend, people going wild. You think that, listen, there is no restraint in them shows. When that music starts and they're drinking and smoking and all kinds of stuff is going on, no restraint. I'm talking about people fighting, people going crazy, people doing things that... Uh, that only married people ought to be doing in public right in the middle of 10,000 people, people pulling their clothes off. Yeah. And just, ah, 
with the hands up and just just worshiping them guys on that stage. And that spirit flowing through there, and, and people just caught up in it. It ain't just the music. It's what's behind it. It's what's driving it. Oh, it, 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 it feeds that flesh. It fuels that flesh. And, and, uh, and, boy, they just let go. No restraint. We have got to be so careful, careful about that because, because God has gifted us with his spirit. And he wants us to shine the light, the true light. He wants us to reach this world. And, and we cannot reach this world by dabbling in the things of the world. I would, uh, yeah, that's true. That's, I used to work doing security systems. And so I, I would go in people's houses, all kind of houses. And I could walk in a house sometimes and be like, oh, oh. <laughs> what's in this house? And it wouldn't take long. I'd be looking through a closet, trying to find a place to run wires. And, and several times I would open the closet, there'd be a Ouija board. I'm like, mm-mm, mm-mm. Mm, I didn't even want to touch it. I, I wouldn't move it. I wouldn't touch it. I was like, people say, oh, it ain't going to jump on you. I know it ain't, but I still, I, I don't want to touch it. I am fool with it. And I would realize there's, there's a lot of stuff. Then you start looking around, you start seeing things. Then you start noticing things. You realize there's some stuff going on in this house. I had a sales lady one time for ADT said, hey, I just sold a job. She said, will you, will you install it for me? I said, I, I don't know, I guess. She said, well, the woman, she said, that she's a witch, and uh, her son said he's a vampire. And I said, and I won't be going to that house. <laughs> and I said, because it's going to be a war if I go in that house. <laughs> I said, I'm telling you, I said, because I, I said, I'm going to be walking through the house praying and speaking in tongues, and it's going to be, and uh, I said, so y'all going to get a phone call, get this guy out of here, or, or that house is going to burst in flames. Something's going to happen. <laughs> But I told her, I said, you shouldn't even sold that job. I said, you should have just tore that paper up when she told you all that stuff. But what I'm saying, and I know that's it's kind of lighthearted, but, but it's, it's serious. You feel those things. The Bible says there's many spirits going out in the land. We need to try the spirits. And, and uh, hey, man, even uh, our enemy, it says of him that he himself is transformed into an angel of light. We've got to be careful. Got to be careful. And uh, not not get drawn in by by the it's just entertainment. Got to be careful. Got to be careful. And uh, this because everything we do is I mean th- this life we're here physically yeah and we're going to do physical acts of music and singing and we're, yeah and I'm up here standing but but we are in a supernatural place. We're in a place where if two or more are gathered according to His Word, Jesus is here in the midst of us. This is a place where the Spirit of God, that God inhabits the praises of his people. And when we begin to praise him, friend, he inhabits that praise. And, and that's where we see miracles and signs and wonders. And this, even this gospel that we preach is full of the miraculous. I mean, my goodness, we're preaching about God himself wrapped in flesh, dying on a cross, put in a tomb, raised, resurrected after three days, and then ascend up to heaven. I mean, that's miraculous. And Paul, he said this to, to the church, 1 Corinthians 15, 1 and 4, through 4 says, he said, Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I preached unto you, which also you have received, and wherein you stand, by which also you are saved, if you keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless you have believed in vain. 
For I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures. He was buried and that he rose again the third day according to the Scriptures. Oh, you're just not going to be saved outside of the Word of God. It just ain't going to happen. It's, it's going, he said, it's the Scripture. Even he told Timothy, you've known from a child the Scriptures that can make you wise unto salvation. So you know that. But, but it's not just our words that are telling of the miraculous. But Paul, he also said that when I came to you, I didn't come with enticing words of men, but I came to you with a demonstration of the Spirit and in power. And that's the, the thing is that there's a demonstration of the Spirit that we have uh, that when we lay hands on the sick and when we begin to pray for things that, that uh, in this world today, we can show people. We don't just have to tell them, but we can show them. They can see a manifestation of what God can do. Just like Nebuchadnezzar, all of a sudden, you know, when, when Daniel tells him this dream, he realizes, yes, that's the dream I had. And he knows that he can tell that because that's the dream I had, it's also true, the interpretation that you're giving to me. And that didn't make Daniel puffed up or anything like that. He, he, he told uh, him, he said, listen, he said, this secret is not revealed to me for any wisdom that I have more than any living. He said, but Daniel chose God. He made, we heard about it in the first lesson. Daniel chose I'm going to choose God. I'm going to choose his ways. I'm going to stick to his ways. No matter where I am, I'm going to stick to his word. And when you stick to his word, there is a reward. God will bless and and cover and take care. And he said, I'll make sure. I didn't bring you into Babylon. I told you you're going to be there and thrive and not diminish. I'm not going to let them kill you. So I'll give you this this dream, and I'll give you this interpretation. You know, Daniel was praying three times a day. God was talking to him. He gave him that and then gave him a vision. It showed it to him. And so uh, we have the miraculous in our midst. The writer of Hebrews in chapter 2, verses 1 through 4, he said, Therefore, we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard. It's important to hang on to what you've heard. Lest at any time we should let them slip. For if the word spoken by angels was steadfast, and every transgression and disobedience received a just recompense of reward. How shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation, which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed unto us by them that heard him? God also bearing them witness, both with signs and wonders and diverse miracles and gifts of the Holy Ghost according to his own will. Friend, we have a miracle working God and God will work miracles through his people because we are supposed to thrive in this world not diminish God said I'm building a church you know what that means he said in Acts it said and God added to the church daily such as should be saved he's he's not tearing stuff down he's adding to the church it's not, we're not supposed to diminish. We're not supposed to decrease. He, I mean, now, of course, he must increase, I must decrease. But in, in that, it's funny because that's our flesh, our, our desires, those things decreasing. But we are increasing spiritually. We are growing and maturing in the spirit. And uh, even Jesus in his ministry, uh, some of the last recorded words when he, he led those 11 disciples, those apostles out uh, before he was uh, ascended up into heaven. He said this, Mark 16, 17 through 20, and these signs 
shall follow them that believe. Now, he had already told them, go into all the world, preach the gospel to every creature. Preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe. We're not just going to be preaching without something to back it up. God said it's going to come. So in my name shall they cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Miracle ministry. God has gifted us in this world, and so we must act in faith and operate in the gift that God has given us. We've got to figure that out, find that out, and then operate in the gift. For the gifts and calling of God are without repentance, and, and God's not going to take back what he gave you. The only time that we see the Lord, a semblance of him taking back a gift, is not even him actually taking it back, is the man who buried his talent or buried his gift and he offered it back. And when he offered it back, he, he called him a wicked and slothful servant because you had the ability to grow, to increase, to, to not just stay the same. You had the ability to, to use this so it would grow. But then he says, after he told them all this, then after the Lord spoke to them, he was received up into heaven uh, and sat on the right hand of God and they went forth and preached everywhere the Lord working with them and confirming the word with signs following amen. We are not any different than that first century church. Friend, I'm telling you, uh, but, but we don't need to try to do one without the other. We don't need to preach without believing that signs will follow, but we don't need to just be trying to go. We don't need to be, start a sign company. Come here and see the show. Come here and see the mirror. And not have, any, not have any word to back it up because signs won't save you. Miracles won't save you. It's a mir- Salvation's a miracle, sure, but miracles won't save you. And you can be raised from the dead and still be lost. It could happen. You know, because just being uh, healed of a sickness, that, that might, you know, uh, the Bible says when God heals us that he forgives our sins. Well, that's awesome. But then if we turn around and go right back to living crazy, I know people that God healed and saved and kept them from dying. They don't live for God today. They don't do it. They, they, they act like God didn't do nothing, just living like they want to live. Ooh, I'd hate to have to answer for that one day. And uh, him remind you, hey, you remember when you were dying? Remember how I gave you 20, 30 more years to have a, have a family, raise kids, do all this stuff, and you never once acknowledged that I kept you alive? I'd hate to answer that question one day. Listen, there's people in this world need Jesus, and he gave us the gift to tell them. It's not, it's not that hard for us to tell them about Jesus. And then, you know, pray for them. And, but don't, don't go in thinking, well, I'm going to go just really wrap somebody up. And they say, no, abracadabra, no hocus pocus, ain't no special words like that. Uh, you know, uh, Daniel could not give an interpretation unless God gave him the interpretation. You know, so I can't uh, lay hands and see nobody healed except God's going to do that. I remember Brother Conway used to tell me, he said, he said, people are afraid of me, Brother Ed. I said, they are? He said, yeah. He said, because they think that as soon as I walk in the room, I, I just know everything about everybody. 
He said, but I don't ever know anything unless the Lord shows me. And he said, but, but you know that that man, is, oh, everybody amen him and shouted when he would be preaching and stuff. But oftentimes he would eat dinner by himself because people were afraid to sit with him. Isn't that sad? Uh, well, that ought to told, you're telling on yourself. <laughs> because if you think if I sit down beside him, he's going to be like, mm-hmm. You know, so I, I ain't going over there. I ain't getting close. Like, like there's some kind of proximity. It's, well, I, I think I'm out of range. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm out of range. Yeah. Mm. So, you know, it, it's, it's amazing the way our minds work sometimes. But, but these giftings are not to, we don't have to be afraid of these giftings and be terrified of these things. This is, God wants to help people. He gave these gifts for us to use. They're for the edification of the church and, and to help perfect the saints and then to show an unbelieving world that there is a God. There is something beside these things that they're seeking answers from. And so you know, they try, all people try to find answers in all kind of things, you know, today. is it, Man, it could be something as ridiculous as their clothing style, as it could be through their music choices. I mean, that, I, I, that, was, that was me. Uh, you know, I, I was I was you know headbanger and and so I I just didn't got in that light. You know, I would dress like that and listen to that and act like that and do those things. I just that was I I made that my identity. I was looking trying to be where where am I going to fit in at? And that's the kind of guy I was all over the place when I walked into a church where the gospel was being preached, where the spirit of the Lord was moving and and something got a hold of me and people could tell me what was happening, what was going on. God's in this place and God loves you and, and there's something more than just coming to church and nothing changing and you God will change you and fix you. And I knew, I was so, oh, just, just I, I know my mom hates to hear stuff like this because she, she, you, you always think, man, your kids are great and they're doing great. But And I was at the end of my rope. I, I was useless. I was worn out. I was used up. And I, I, man, I was just going to be another one of those hang around town drunks or something, you know. It was, I was headed nowhere fast, and all my friends, you know, they had cut all that stuff out. They were moving on, getting married, having families, doing stuff, and I was still running around with the whole people that hang out with me was kids younger than me, you know, because they, they like here's this guy that can buy us, they can buy alcohol for us, so you know we'll hang out with him, because that's I was just a mean, the means to an end or the ends to a mean or whatever it is, and. That's where I was, but I, I knew I needed something. And they, that's where I found it, in the house of the Lord. When God began to move on me and the Holy Ghost came on me, and, and I, man, I got down to pray and was confessing these things and just praying, asking God to forgive me. And I could feel God just, you know, just as I was handing it, handing it up, he was taking it away. <laughs> it, was just like, it was just like an assembly line. I was like, here, take this. It was gone. It didn't fall back on me. I could feel the lightness coming with each prayer, with each thing. And I went to that water and was baptized this day. And I knew, I, I didn't know everything, but I knew, hey, I've been in touch with the Creator and I'm different. And now this is where I start. This is where I begin. And that's where, that's where it started at. And, and uh, I'm thankful that God had gave men and women and people gifts so that they could recognize this young man. Well, he looks like a, a mess and I'm sure he probably is. But Jesus still loves him. 
And he's just looking for something. He's just looking for an answer. And so I'm glad that I have been able to pay that forward and help people that don't know him and tell people that don't know him and and do the things that uh, Jesus called us to do. He called us to more, yes, to preach, absolutely. Be a witness with your mouth, but be a witness with your light, with your life. Because the words of your mouth don't mean nothing if your life don't line up with it. It's got to happen. Listen, Jesus gave, uh, uh, even before the day of Pentecost, when he was walking on this earth, he gave his disciples power, he said, against unclean spirits to cast them out, heal all manner of sickness and all manner of disease because he wanted them to know that the kingdom of heaven was at hand. That gospel, so they would preach and go and do that stuff. He told them, heal the sick, cleanse lepers, raise the dead, cast out devils. Freely you have received, freely give. Then he, in the book of Luke, he took 70, sent them out two by two. Same thing. Go, go out, heal the sick. And when they come back, they said, Lord, even the devils are subject unto us through thy name. And, and Jesus said uh, in Luke 10, 19 and 20, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Notwithstanding in this, rejoice not. It's not a show, and it's not the signs that make us who we are. He said, don't, don't get, just get happy and rejoice because spirits are subject unto you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. This is the privilege that born-again people have. When their names are written in the Lamb's book of life, this is the privilege that we have. This is the access that we have to tell others, and not that, only that, but to lay hands on the sick, pray for the sick, pray for, and not just physical ailments, but for heartaches and heartbreaks and, and emotional turmoil and, and, and all kinds of things, that we can help them and pray with them and give them words of comfort and words of peace that will uh, help them to find the God that they don't know. Nebuchadnezzar didn't know the, the God of Daniel, but he did after that. After he, after he had somebody step up and say, I can help you. So we, we must remember that God has given us these gifts. Man, I, I'm just out of time, just out of time. But, uh, you know, we must uh, make sure that we are in our gift. And that's the thing. We, we, we need to make sure that we're not trying to operate outside of our gifting. There's three things. If you're interested in a gift but you are unable to exercise it, it's probably not the gift that God gave you. If you are interested in a gift and think you are exercising it but nobody else recognizes that, it's probably not the gift that God gave you. So you need to remember that there will always be a witness. The gift will make room for you. It's similar. When I used to play a lot of ball, there was one team that I played with, and, and almost every one of us in the lineup, I mean, when, when we came to bat, you could just it's going over the fence. That's where it's going. We, we're going to hit home runs. But we had guys on the team that they weren't supposed to hit home runs. It was base hitters. But you know what? Everybody wants to hit a home run. And there ain't nothing worse than a, than a guy who every time he steps up can hit the ball wherever he wants than to get up there and pop out because he's trying to hit it over the fence. And let me tell you, we would tell them when they come back here, quit swinging for the fence. We need you on base so the next guy coming up that hits home runs 
can get you in. That's your gift. You can hit the ball anywhere you want to. It's not your gift to hit it over the fence. So quit trying. That's why you keep popping out. That's why you're not doing it. You're not contributing because you're trying to do what you're not called to do. And so, you know, and then next time up, boom, they, you know, they hit it here. You know, they got a single, double, whatever. Next guy, boom, over the fence. And they said, there you go. That's how it works. So make sure that, you know, oh, boy, I like their gift. I sure wish I had that gift. But that's their gift. And guess what? Nothing is better than when their gift and your gift works together. And so that's why God, we're one body joined together and there's the giftings. And the gifts are not, gifts not doing this. They're not. That's what you heard people say, I got two left feet. They're talking about like, you ain't supposed to have two left feet. They're saying, I can't dance. I don't have any rhythm. I can't do that. And so uh, we don't need two left feet in the body. We got the left foot. We need the right foot. Right. It helps you walk better. Uh, so recognize your gift and stand with me. I know I'm running out of time, so stand with me. There's a couple of things that Paul instructed Timothy <clears throat> uh, whenever we have found our gift um, and when we are searching our gifts and, and trying to do that, God has given us things, these gifts to accomplish purposes in our life. But there are some things that we must do. Number one, do not neglect your gift. Hello. Paul said to Timothy in First uh, Timothy 4 and 14, neglect not the gift that is in thee, which was given thee by prophecy with the laying on of hands of the presbytery. The Holy Ghost will not force the gift to work. If it is given to you, he will. He is not going to drag you across the room to, to speak a word of faith to somebody. He wants you to move in that gift, operate in that gift. He will not force it to work. They're gifts. They are there and waiting for us to yield to the Holy Ghost. But it is possible for us to quench the Spirit or to grieve the Spirit by resisting His prompting. Secondly, stir up the gift. In 2 Timothy 1 and 6, Paul said, Wherefore I put thee in remembrance that you stir up the gift of God which is in you by the putting on of my hands. So how we stir it up? We do this by acting on the prompting of the Holy Ghost. We, we move in it. God has blessed you and I, the church, with all the equipment we need, with all the gifts we need to accomplish His purposes. It only remains for us to use what He has provided. It's here. There's access to it. We just need to use what God has given us so we can thrive in this world, in this Babylon that we're in today. Amen. Let's lift our hands and just pray and receive the word of the Lord. Hallelujah. Just tell the Lord, I'm going to, I want to know my gift in God. I want to know my gifting. And if I know it, I want to stir it up and I want to be used in it. I don't want to neglect it. God, this church is being built by you. Lord, a wise master builder. And I know you've placed us in the body right where we need to be. And you've given unto every man gifts, Lord, that we need to to be better, to be what you want us to be. So help us to understand. Help us to know. Help us to realize the gifts that you've given us. Let us operate in faith, Lord, led by the Holy Ghost. God, we're going to praise you for it. We want to not only use our, our mouth and our words, but, Lord, we want signs confirming and signs following so that this world can see and learn and know who you are. God, we ask these things today in Jesus' name. Everyone said amen. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise today. I'm thankful that God didn't leave us. 
without what we need. But he's given to us all the giftings we have to have, all the tools, all the resources. Praise God. He's a great God like that. Amen. Hey, I love you. Let's find a place to pray before the next service. Looking forward to hearing the word of the Lord and just seeing God do some great things. God bless you. Thank you.